This episode of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage on your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit our website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. It's that time again for the Model 3 Owners Club podcast. I am your host, Trevor Page, and we have our usual cadre of hosts with us tonight. Ian Pavelko from Montreal. How are you doing there, buddy? Bonsoir, everybody. Uh, how are you all? Well, it's good to see you again. Um, any activity on your end? You've seen a VIN number in your account yet? No, no. Oh, you, you would have been seeing an endless tweet storm had such a thing occurred. Uh, <laughs> no, well, you no. know, b- between the end of today before we start the podcast, I got to ask, right? <laughs> Yes, because you never yes. know what could transpire. So yes, yes, I have a little a little theory about what's going to happen with my delivery date based on uh, my vacation plans. We'll get into that a little later. All right, our other guest is Mr. Michael Bodner from Florida. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well, thanks, Trev. How are you doing? Uh, uh, good. Today is not a sweaty day. It's been uh, 29 degrees, but no humidity, which is wonderful. <laughs> and nice. I'm sure you you can appreciate that. <laughs> I'll take no humidity for a day. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yes, and Eric Camacho, another fellow from Florida. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Doing well. Good to see everybody. Excellent. Well, we have uh, quite a bit of stuff to talk about tonight, so let's just dive right into it. So the first one I want to talk about tonight is this hypermiling record that was set by a, a team of people in Germany. I'm just going to read the, the first little bit of the blurb here, and we can discuss it. So at the uh, Decker testing grounds in Kleckswitz, Brandenburg, Germany, a Tesla Model 3 uh, drove unmanned for 28 hours in autopilot mode and covered a distance of 1,001 kilometers, that's 608 miles, on a single charge. The white Tesla Model 3 from Germany's leading electric rental car company, Nextmove, was driven, in quotes, uh, by their mascot, Spacey, uh, who's a younger brother of uh, Tesla's Starman, apparently. Anyways, uh, the unmanned electric car with a 75-kilowatt-hour battery pack achieved 23 kilometers, 14 miles, more in distance than an identical uh, Model 3 with alternating human drivers. So it was actually quite interesting. I'm going to, we'll talk over this a little bit here. I'm just going to play you the video, um, minus the sound, of course, of what these guys achieved. So basically what they did is that uh, they had two cars and one of them, uh, they put a dummy in there and uh, they defeated the autopilot features by putting some kind of weight on the steering wheel. And uh, he was, I, I'm going to assume that was about the same weight as a, as a as a regular driver, of course, and of course, weight on the seat indicates to the autopilot system that you got somebody sitting in there. I want to mention, though, too, that it was on a closed track. So before anybody freaks out and you know comments that it shouldn't be doing this, yes, they shouldn't be doing this, but it is on a closed track. So there's no harm of hurting anybody. Um, what else did they do here? So uh, the other Model 3 uh, with identical features uh, started the race at the same time using alternating drivers. So what they did, apparently, is they would stop periodically and switch drivers. Um, so they just wanted to measure <laughs> what was going on between these. Um, let me see here. Stefan Moller started the car and positioned the aids to imitate a human driver in the Model 3. Finally, he climbed out the side window during a brief stop. This ensured that the next move uh, could re-enter the car at any time. So I'm going to assume that when they switched drivers, um, yeah, it was just the, for P brakes and bio brakes and so on and so forth. So it's kind of interesting. Um, what do you guys think about this? I mean, you know, is this, is this like some kind of world record or... I mean, they beat, uh, they beat, um, what did they do? They beat um, 
Eric and Sean's record from like a couple of months ago. Uh, Eric from Tesla Inventory. So uh, they beat him by exactly two miles because those guys did 602 and these guys did uh, 608 miles. So it's pretty close, but it just, I think in some ways it kind of shows what they were doing with autopilot. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's very impressive when you consider that they were um, equating 0.7 liters of diesel per 100 kilometers uh, for these guys up north. For pretty much the entire world, that's not the U.S. who uses metric. <laughs> Myanmar, too. Uh, right. Uh, so it was, it's, you know, it's, it's a testament to just exactly what electric cars can do, especially for our Tesla vehicles. Um, you know, it's, it's impressive numbers in their own right, especially when the Model S had just eclipsed 700 miles, I think, in, in that test. Uh, for hypermiling. So to see the Model 3 come, you know, less than 100 miles shy of that uh, with a much smaller battery pack by comparison uh, goes to show you that even with a smaller pack but the greater density battery, you're still kind of getting up there in number with the, with the 622. So it's it's a very impressive uh, feat. Yeah, they did say here in the, in the last paragraph, so the level of consumption achieved by electric cars shows the superiority of electric motor over the combustion engine. Uh, you know, consumption i mean we're talking about a motor it's 95 percent efficient compared to gasoline engine which is you know 20 25 percent on a good day and mm -hmm. uh, that seems to be slowing down dramatically i think that's one of the reasons why the industry is starting to really switch to electrification because the efficiencies i mean they're getting clobbered by these electric cars so but anyways i, I don't want to belabor too much on this but i thought it was an interesting um article thank you very much for eric <laughs> or uh yeah, for supplying this to us tonight i've been awesome. so busy this week i didn't really have a lot of chance to get into some of the extra things and One thing I would add that I think is really impressive, the human driver is able to take advantage of regen. And I'm sure I didn't watch all of Eric's uh, video because it was too long, <laughs> too long for me. Yeah. But autopilot isn't going to do that on the track. It's just going to keep going at a steady pace. So I found it really impressive that at a steady pace, I guess they found the right pace. But uh, to to consistently get that maximum efficiency was pretty neat. Yeah. I guess things are possible. I mean, as long as the track was fairly flat, not too inclined, and not too many curves, I mean, you can do some wonderful things with, with efficiency. Um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see what's, what's been going on. Anyways, I don't want to talk about that too much. Now, let's just get on to some of the other stuff that's been going on. Um, the next one is a bit of a touchy subject, um, but it bears um, mentioning, of course, that, um, and this article comes from Electric, and basically, the headline says Tesla buyers screwed over by the Ontario government over direct sales for the EV incentive. Now, I'm going to make a point here. The, the EV incentives in Ontario, as generous as they are, effectively dead. They're not coming back. Like, forget about it. Um, but if you look at the MTO's website, and this is the sticking point that's, that's really, you know, ruffling a lot of feathers right now, is the fact that the wording in there specifically excludes Tesla because they mentioned dealership, because the cutoff date for ordering the car and taking delivery is September 10th, 2018, as long as the car is in inventory. Now, we know that Tesla doesn't carry inventory. So it's, I mean, there's been a grassroots movement um, from everybody here in the community in Ontario to try and get this corrected. This is coming from multiple places. It's coming from the public. It's coming from um, advocacy groups behind the scenes and Tesla themselves. Tesla did put out a tweet. And uh, if I have a link, I'll put it down in the uh, video description. You can check it out yourselves. Um, basically, they point out that uh, uh, excluding people based on how they buy their cars is wrong. And I agree with this. It's completely wrong. And I also know 
that there's been a lot of discussions, of course, on the forum and on Facebook and the groups that uh, so some people are, are, are canceling the reservations on the fact that they can't take delivery in time of this car. Um, Tesla has been going and asking some people that are affected, and if you're affected, you can call Tesla. They're doing the right thing. They are going to refund you not only your reservation deposit, but your confirmation deposit, the extra thirty-five or $3,200 you had to put down if you can't meet your obligation. So they are allowing you to back out if you need to, but you need to call them if that's their situation. So there's still a lot of movement that's going on to try to get this corrected. So it may be premature to cancel right now. Um, I'm hoping that this gets corrected. If it doesn't, who knows what's going to happen? They may take it to the media and stuff. There was talk about going to rallies to Queen's Park and, and all these other things. There's several petitions that are floating around. Anyways, it's really ugly. and <laughs> it's, not, it's not cool at all. Um, I don't know where this is coming from. There's been talk that it might be a manufacturer involved that's doing this. It, it could be um, some other automotive groups. I know OMVIC, which is the Ontario Motor Vehicle Governing Group, whatever, uh, consider Tesla a dealer. So I doubt that it's coming from them. So irrespective, it's just the, the wording is wrong and it needs to change. Forgive me for my ignorance, but I know like in the U.S. we have a lot of lobbyist groups that work to get certain things done uh, in the bills that are passed by Congress here. Is it is it possible that there are lobbyists affecting this legislation in Canada so much so that they really want to see Tesla struggle, if not fail, in, in our neighbors to the north? Well, it's a bit of a political question, uh, political question, and my observation, just looking at from you know two miles away and looking at how things are conducted in the U.S. government as opposed to Canadian government, um, the U.S. government is very much infiltrated by lobbyist groups, and they push and they throw money around and stuff, and we don't see quite as much of that in Canada. It seems to be more level-headed. Um, it's more for the people and so on and so forth. Of course, the current government is ruffling a lot of feathers in a lot of different places. I'm not going to get into that. Um, there is always the possibility that something's going on behind the scenes. We don't know exactly. I do have a friend of mine um, who may have some better answers. Uh, when I've asked him pointedly, he's been a little bit I don't want to say cagey. Um, he's just trying to be political because he has to play both sides of the situation. So I can't answer it 100%. But my feeling is that it it may be it may not be it may not be a, a lobbyist group specifically, and, and may not be exactly the right term. It could be simply from a manufacturer. We we really don't know what the answer is. But the bottom line, as I said, it's wrong. It needs to change. It, you know, Trev. Obviously, fourteen thousand dollars is. A lot. It's it's certainly not insignificant. Um, I think all the more reason that we all have to work so hard to push the education. I, I know you mentioned before how much gas costs in Canada as opposed to uh, what we pay down here. Uh, I'm not going to say that that necessarily makes up the 14,000, but education should go a long way to help as well. Hopefully ease those burdens. I know in the U.S. we almost lost the credit um, completely. January 1st, and it was saved at the last minute. So uh, it's really going to take a lot to educate the consumers. And uh, I know I said that last week, so I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, um, but we've got to work hard to make sure people understand this car that I'm driving right now is five times more fuel efficient than my previous gas car. That is, uh, there's significance there, even without a savings from a, a credit or a rebate. Yeah, I agree 100%. The other problem that we have to deal with, of course, all the time is the media negativity. They don't get the, they don't get the story straight. They don't get it right. They have an agenda. I mean, throw what you want in there. Uh, it's quite rare that I see an article out there that's actually 
positive and actually does a thing. They try to be fair and balanced, but most of the time they just kind of go the other way. Uh, we as owners are always the best advocates for this kind of thing. Uh, I'm out you know, so often talking to the public, of course, and you guys are as well, trying to change people's um, wrong uh, impressions or what they've been taught. Like there's a lot of misconceptions about electric vehicles. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record all the time, it's frustrating. Yes, you're absolutely right. We need more education. The problem is, is you know, government budgets are stretched to all kinds of extremes sometimes. And there's just, I mean, we had cap and trade and that was just summarily canceled. And that was a good venue. There was some good dollars in there to be able to do the things. But the education aspect of it didn't go far enough. I never saw an ad on TV. We have the plug and drive electric um, vehicle discovery center, which has been very, very helpful in educating people. But it pales in comparison to all the TV ads that are on TV. I mean, you turn on the TV, you don't see any ads for EV cars. It's always, welcome to the new pickup truck and this pickup truck and this, you know, it's 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 just... So part of the blame, I don't want to say blame is on Tesla because, look, they, they can't advertise because they don't have a demand problem. Um, but education would, would really go a long way. So, yeah, it's it's it's... We're stuck in a rock and hard place now. As far as your comment is concerned about the EV rebates, yeah, fourteen thousand bucks—that was a lot of money. Uh, we were never against um, getting them down to a perhaps a little bit more reasonable level or have it scaled a little different. We've had these discussions before um, internally with some other groups uh, to say, you know what, if it's a smaller battery pack, maybe you should get a little bit more, and the larger the battery pack doesn't need as. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat, so to speak. Um, but the thing is, and I and I try to tell people, and I had this discussion with the UPS driver yesterday, or a FedEx driver yesterday, <laughs> believe it or not, because he saw my Tesla, and I've known him for years, and he says, how's the car, how's the car? He says, it's, it's great. So he started asking me, you know, a bunch of different questions. I'm thinking, like, I'm just supposed to be on your rounds? But anyways, he wanted to talk. So <laughs> anyway, uh, to make a long story short, um, he didn't realize, I mean, how little fuel these things, uh, or not fuel, but electricity these things take to, to, to run the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was asking about the subsidies and so on and so forth. And I made a point. I said, look, uh, you guys know as well as we do that if fuel was not subsidized to the point that it actually is, the cost, mm-hmm. the real cost of the fuel would go through the roof. So I'm, I don't have a problem with EV rebates going away, but take the subsidies away from fuel to make it an evil playing field for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's a fair point to make, and I also think that, and this is goes to something you've mentioned numerous times, uh, both in the forum and on the show, which is that cost parity is something we haven't achieved yet with electric vehicles. So once you get to the point of cost parity being on a level playing field with those of ICE cars, then we can really see the value in the investment. And more people might go, you know what, I'm really comparing apples to apples. And maybe they say, you know what, I want to go with what's more efficient, what's cleaner, what's more uh, economical uh, and easy to to use versus using an ICE car. So it's it's a very complicated subject. And I, I appreciate that there are people out there like your FedEx driver who are inquisitive enough to say, you know what, maybe this is something I'm going to start looking into very seriously just because they know someone who's so passionate about it. And maybe that's enough for them to kind of really take it seriously. Yeah. And a lot of these companies are actually taking it to heart. I mean, we, you know, Ken and I was doing the show and stuff and we're seeing companies like FedEx and and UPS now, especially in, in England, you know, they're, they're starting to electrify their, their small delivery fleet. The fleet. Uh, the long-range stuff is starting to be taken care of, of course, when the Tesla Semi comes out. So some of these companies actually get it. Um, but the average consumer just has no concept because you can't walk into a dealer and, and see six different makes or seven different or six or seven different models to choose from. Like, you're lucky if you get one. 
And Tesla gets most of the mind share, of course, because, you know, they get the most attention. And most people, when I go to car shows, oh, it's a Tesla, it's a Tesla. Yeah, but that's a Chevy Volt, and that's a Chevy Bolt, and they've never seen them before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's kind of a weird thing that's going on. I also, I also think it's great that when you see, like, the Tesla Semi, when we're seeing at least other options that are not just passenger cars really taking electrification very seriously, that's where you also at least see others go, well, you know what, I don't know anybody that has an electric car, but... I keep seeing all these other electric transport vehicles, whether it's electric trains, which we know are high-speed trains in most cases. Uh, now the semi-trucks that are going to be out there gradually. I mean, we're, we're getting to the point where more and more large corporations are seeing the value in going electric, uh, whether it's for sustainability, whether it's for climate change, whether it's just for easier transport, whether it's for speed and efficiency. Whatever the reasons are, we're starting to see more and more companies take on that leadership. And I think when we start, we start to see the transition from not just civilians, but now corporations make that change. I think that's going to have a greater impact long term as we keep moving forward with uh, the EV revolution. Yeah, it's moving forward. It just takes baby steps. It's, you know, it's it's like, you know, you got to walk before you can crawl before you have to run and walk. So. Yeah, it's going to be a little while. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, this one uh, comes from uh, Clean Technica. Uh, the Tesla Model 3 long-range all-wheel drive and performance editions get official EPA ratings. So what we're seeing here is the EPA has finally posted official rating numbers for the Model 3 all-wheel drive and performance call, uh, car, and it's revealing a, tw- a 10% lower efficiency for uh, all-wheel drive and performance cars compared to the rear-wheel drive. Um, there's, of course, been a lot of speculation as to what's really going on here. Um yeah, uh, who wants to take point on this? Ian, you got anything to say about this? Uh, about the differences in the range? Yeah, this has caused a lot of controversy, but I think most people are in agreement now. What they what they did originally, if everyone recalls, when the EPA rating was done for the, uh, the long-range rear-wheel drive, they had a number somewhere up in the 330-mile range. Um, and Tesla said, no, 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 we want it rated at 310. So I didn't even think you could do that, but I guess, they said, okay, you want to put it as a worse figure, you can. So the car came out, they rated it at 310, even though it's capable of doing more. And obviously the end game now looks to be, they knew that uh, the dual motor and the performance car would be able to achieve that number, but not meet the LR. So in real life, I think it's going to be pretty obvious that the the, the long range rear wheel drive is going to have the upper hand for range, but Tesla, for whatever reason, wanted the same number across the board. You know, uh, maybe just simply to be able to to look at it as not a negative. In other words, if they want to upsell to the dual of the performance, well, don't look at it as being, you know, you're not losing range per se. And um, it's counterintuitive to a lot of people too. One of the things I, I find getting asked on the forums a lot, and I get asked is, well, if I go to the dual motor, don't I get increased range? And of course- Yeah, that because that's the way they presented it with the Model S, right? Well, that was reality. With Model S, you actually get a performance boost from dual motor because they're both AC synchronous motors, and so they have you know more or less the same efficiency. But they because they're different size motors and they gear them differently in the front and the rear, they can play this very cool kind of delta back and forth between the two motors. And it's like at certain speeds the front motor is more efficient, at certain speeds the rear motor is. So you know the the algorithms that operate that obviously are really tuned and you can actually get a little bit more bang for your buck with the dual motor even though you're carrying around you know this extra motor and there's a little bit extra friction it still outweighs it the problem you have in the three well not a problem but just the way it's set up is you've got this um uh, fancy permanent ma- partial permanent magnet um reluctance motor that is ultra efficient even more efficient than what you have in the induction motor in the s but the front motor that's being added for the dual 
is your old school AC synchronous motor like you have in the S. So that motor, unfortunately, is not as efficient. So you can't play that same game, certainly not to the same extent. So you are carrying around extra weight. There is extra friction from the axles, whatever all else, and you don't get that same performance boost. Uh, there's a lot of ways so, with their, you know, it's just Tesla, you know I mean? The number one thing with Tesla with the Model 3, they seem to be sandbagging numbers in a lot of different ways. Performance, of course, this this, this other thing. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what transpires with this. It's just kind of interesting that they would do like this. Um, I mean, they've made some points, of course, talking about the fact that, uh, you know, they don't want to discuss the size of the battery pack. We know nominally it's 80.5 kilowatt hours, yep. usable 70-ish, 75-ish. Um, but, yeah, this performance thing. But I think what's really going to happen, of course, once the performance car actually does come out is we're going to be seeing some true numbers. I mean, they're advertising three and a half seconds, zero to 60. I think it's going to be closer to three. <laughs> so uh, I personally would love that, but I, I don't think so. I'll tell you why I'm going to be pessimistic, and I just want to temper everyone's expectations because they are – really straining the limits of what you can do with the dual motor. I mean, in the case, when you look at a P1, I mean, again, we're going off past history, right? We all know when they announced uh, the P85D and then the P90D, the P100D, that went up to, up to ludicrous. You continuously got these numbers that were very conservative from Tesla. And then the magazines, you know, and guys like, um, who's the drag video guy? I'm trying to think of uh, drag times yeah. would go out. They consistently beat the numbers and it would be like by an impressive amount. I'm not sure this is going to happen here because we know that the motors in the performance are the same construction, the same size and everything as you get in a standard dual. And they've already managed to shave one full second off the 0 to 60. If you go from a dual to a performance, your 0 to 60 drops from 4.5 to 3.5. That's like a 20% improvement. I mean, that's huge. And really, they're just hot rotting the system here. They've they've picked these high sigma motors, you know, that are being uh, I like to call them overclocked because the computer geeks will understand that. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what they're doing, right? They're overclocking the motor. They're doing more burn in on it, so they're really running it to its absolute limits. So I don't know that they have all this extra. They don't have the same level of extra bonus of power that they would necessarily have just going to a raw bigger motor like they did with the P the Model S. Um, now. Beyond that, let's suppose that it really does do 3.5. It's still a, a fantastic number. But Elon did tweet, uh, for what it's worth, that they think they might be able to get more out of it. So maybe with a software upgrade coming down the road, as has been done with Model S, <laughs> maybe we will get. I mean, I, I have a feeling that they're... They're maybe a little concerned because of what they've done. They, you know, they're they're pushing the existing motor to its limit. They're going to wait and see how it performs for the first few months, and if they don't melt, then great. You know, let's slowly up the ante and, and see how much more we can get out of it. If I was them, from you know an engineering standpoint, that's what I would do. It's like let it prove itself. If it's reliable and if it's working well, then maybe we'll 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 turn it up to eleven. I agree with you 100%. And, uh, you know, the reviews are just starting to trickle out about the performance car. The Wall Street Journal mm -hmm. just reviewed it. Glowing yep. reviews. MKBHD is down there right now. He got his hands on one of them. Videos coming soon, I'm going to assume. So it's starting. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. 
All right, well, uh, let's take a few minutes here. We'll just take a little bit of break. Um, just want everybody to uh, listen in here for a second here because we have a sponsor, and it's Fine Lab. So Fine Lab has a uh, line of ceramic coatings. We're engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get in and ruin your brand-new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Great product. I have it on my X. I absolutely love it. And definitely check it out if you can, if you're into the market for ceramic coating. All right, next article. Um, this one comes from Electric again. Um, Tesla is accelerating Model 3 delivery timelines on new orders. This is kind of interesting. Uh, we're seeing a bump up on some of this stuff. So, um, yeah, we're seeing long-range battery pack or rear-wheel drive motor, uh, which has so far been the only car in production, uh, was, uh, uh, was now getting a three- to five-month delivery window like the dual motor without performance package. And... Uh, Looks like Tesla cut those delivery windows down to uh, one and three months for the performance version, and the rear-wheel drive um, battery pack um, seems to be coming real soon. It's almost imminent, like probably within the next couple of weeks. Um, Ian, you were you were saying um, earlier that there were some discussions on the on the forum uh, with some people actually starting to get firm delivery dates on this stuff. Yeah, I was kind of shocked when I saw this, and and very excited for everybody who's got a regular dual motor order that. Um, one of the forum members, um, David 3S, just posted um, a couple hours ago that he's got uh, a delivery date for early August for his standard dual motor car. And um, I thought for sure in August and maybe September, all we were going to see is performance cars. You know, it's it's always the, that's what they said, right? They'd start with performance, push out the higher margin cars, and mm -hmm. then work their way down to regular duels. And when you look at the windows, right, like my car, I've got a, a window of August to October. I, many, many people I know with a performance on order seem to have that window. And then everybody I talked to with duels had, I think, September to November or something, like one month later type of thing. And all of a sudden... This fellow shows up and said, nope, I got a regular duel and I'm, I've am i been at, told early August. So, wow, you know, like, here we go. It's it's better wow. than expected, I suppose. <laughs> wow. wow. Well, on that, on that note, too, should, uh, we should also mention that if you're looking for a test drive, some locations are actually doing test drives on the Model 3 using the first production cars. Um, but there have been some tweets been put out. Uh, people take some pictures of uh, at the factory where they got a large number. I think the picture, and I don't have it here in front of me, though, um, some 40 uh, performance Model 3s with the white interior. Um, you know, the Red Army, as I like to call it, uh, they're on their ways to uh, to a lot of the stores uh, in the U.S. at this point. Hopefully in Canada, too, we'll get some of them. But those will be the uh, high-performance uh, test, test model cars. So they're certainly on their way. I would suspect... Uh, we'll see them in the stores imminently, like within a week, maybe two weeks maximum. So if you're looking for that, make sure you call your local Tesla uh, showroom and ask them if they have that car and uh, put your name on the list because uh, once these cars start arriving, man, uh, you're going to have to take a number, much like a deli counter. It's going to mm -hmm. be crazy. I know for a fact that, um, uh, of course, just going back on the uh, FedEx driver, I was just talking to him yesterday, and he, he said to me in his, ex his exact words, and this is something that I've mentioned before, where did all these cars come from? All of a sudden, these Model 3s are just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and I said, yeah, well, you know, it's just like anything else. Once you, once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Uh, the Model 3 has just been just like taking over like gangbusters. So, yeah. it's so true. I would, I would say, you know, if you look at the numbers, it's a little interesting. 
I order today. I get the car in one to three months. We know standard battery is still roughly six months away. That's, that's yeah, the they're, best they're still showing six to nine months on the website. Yeah, the best knowledge we have. Uh, so that leads me to wonder, uh, I just have to wonder, what's in between three to six months? And and I can only think it's kind of one of two things. Um, but my, my inclination is that they must believe that the more these cars are on the road, the more people are going to order. And there's still a cushion for more mm. performance dual motor and, and long range battery cars. That's a good point. In probably Q4 to, to jump in just a high volume of of new orders when people see this, they're going to get in right before the end of the uh, $7,500 portion of our credit here in the U S and then they're probably going to hit the ground running on standard batteries. So for me, uh, and, um, and sorry, just to add to that, I'm kind of all over the place. There's probably a lot of people who have held their place in line looking for standard batteries. So I think when that hits the market in um, early next year, it's just going to sell like crazy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, you make a really good point. It's something, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't really considered the fact that once these cars, the first production cars come out on the road and people see them and they say, oh, it's this much money, uh, people will run to, to get one. Of course, if that's what they're making, then they can deliver them at a higher margin, of course, rather than the cheaper one. Um, this kind of ties into another article we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but yeah, it's it, we're already starting to see it. I've, I've seen, uh, I've been to a few car shows and... You know, people instinctively come and look at the Model X because of the doors. It is what it is. And, you know, talk about the cars. And I always make a point. Look, there's three Model 3s over there. That is, you know, starting price of 45000 Not today, but it's going to be. And they make a beeline for the car. It's right in that sweet spot of what people are looking for, especially when you tell them the range. They can't believe the range. 500 kilometers? That's, whoa, I thought these things were golf carts. They only do 20 kilometers or whatever. So, yeah, it's definitely changing. The attitudes are starting to change. But you're absolutely right. When people see the car in person and they understand the price and they understand the ramifications, especially with the fuel cost savings, uh, yeah, it's going to ramp up. So, yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Mike. It's <laughs> it's a good point. And, and I'll say at some point, I think they should put a Model 3 badge on the back of the car. Maybe demand is still pretty strong now. But I can't tell you how often I actually get stopped in a parking lot and somebody walks up behind the car what and says, that? what car is that? It's a Tesla, right? They got that part, but they have no idea which Tesla it is. So mm. it might help. I, I actually would have taken the badge off anyway, so I like that it's not on there. <laughs> but overall, it probably helped. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, well, you know, if, you, if, if, if anybody wants a badge on the back, I mean, uh, I think Abstract Ocean make them. Uh, you yeah, can always yeah, call yeah. the guys at Evan X, too. I mean, there's there's lots of options for that kind of thing. If that's, that's your flair, I mean, a lot of people like to de-badge cars. I get that. Just please don't do Chrome deletes. That's just wrong. <laughs> That's my opinion. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's the best opinion on the internet. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> well, you're biased. All right. I'll send you I the know, five bucks. I'll send you five bucks later. Okay. Trev, tra will I be excommunicated if I Chrome delete mine? <sighs> you're, already, you're in Canada already. So really, that's that's close enough. I, I am coming on vacation uh, next week, and uh, you and I have to sit down and have a little talk there, Ian. Really? Okay. Or there's going to be there's going to be an inter intervention. There's, there's, gonna be, there's going to be an intervention. <laughs> okay. A Chrome delete intervention for sure. <laughs> I walk into my living room. There's going to be everybody from the Keep Your Chrome <laughs> Club is going to be sitting there. You know, Tesla Tesla is judicious with their use of Chrome, unlike the Nissan Murano. If you've seen one of those, it's like, yes. hey, there's two square inches. Let's put some Chrome on it. It's a little bit ridiculous. Anyways, moving along. I'm not. Uh, I was gonna say I'm not yeah, sure what's ahead. greater: your hatred for all that extra chrome, or like large grills in front of cars. 
Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Lexus has a love affair with that. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, don't get me started on the grill thing. I think most of you know about my hatred of uh, uh, Predator grills. <laughs> it's a cancer. And that cancer is infiltrating the, uh, infiltrating the uh, Toyota now, too. It's getting out of hand. Uh, yeah. Eric and I had a lot of fun with that in Florida earlier this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, let's move on. Next one. Uh, this one here is from, it looks like a study at MIT. Uh, Tesla autopilot miles. Uh, looks like uh, estimated uh, autopilot miles... Uh, Autopilot miles has exceeded um, 1.2 billion miles on autopilot. Uh, quite impressive. Of course, keep in mind, um, autopilot, whether you've paid for it or not, and I know a lot of people that have Model 3s that, for whatever reason, stretch their budgets, whatever your excuse is, whatever your financial situation is, did not spring for autopilot, decided maybe that they wanted to wait. Um, that software is still running in, so in, in shadow mode on your car, and it's, that's part of Tesla's um, learning fleet, so to speak. Um, so that's where some of this is actually coming from. Um, they're making a distinction here on the website. Uh, hopefully I can grab this graph. Can I grab this graph and I'll put it up here? Yeah, let me just bring this up so everybody can see what we're talking about. Here it is. Um, so they're making a distinction here. Uh, total autopilot miles are 1.2 billion. Uh, they're making a distinction on hardware one uh, sitting at uh, basically 805,000 yeah, is it, uh, no, 804, 805 million. Sorry, I don't, I, I gotta put my glasses on. 805 million miles. And uh, autopilot uh, miles on hardware two is estimated to be at about uh, 400, uh, 404 uh, million miles. And um, of course, now with the fleet of Model 3s on the market, uh, that is going to be exceeded in fairly short order, I would think. Um, let's see. Here I should have that taken care of next week. <laughs> just just between the two of us exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so this is kind of interesting um so hardware ones so for those of you who don't know hardware one is the mobilized system so it's not technically the learning system that tesla's employing that's on the new autopilot system um that uh those cars started production on december 1st 2014 and um uh, autopilot was not enabled on those cars, however, until, uh, let me see here, uh, October, October 15th, October 15th 2015. 2015. So there was a, a waiting period for that because they were still working on the software. So if you see that old video where they were doing the acceleration runs in Hawthorne when they first announced the autopilot, that was not finished software. Um, autopilot 2, and they're calling it 2 plus because there was an autopilot version 2, and now we're on to technically 2.5 in the current cars. Uh, that production approximately started in October 19th of 2016, so about a year later after Autopilot 1 became available. But Autopilot um, on that was not enabled on, on um, uh, Autopilot-equipped two cars um, until about January 1st, 2017. So, yeah, it took it took quite a while for to get some of those first features. And, of course, it took us um, almost a year later to really get uh, parity with hardware one so we're largely there now i know some people with autopilot one cars may beg to differ but i've seen two software updates since march of this year that have made autopilot 2 exponentially better so uh yeah and i just got a software update last week but that was something unrelated uh so it's looking quite interesting so you know if you're a unicorn <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. And I was at a car show and, and they wanted everybody to, you know, we had two Model Xs there and they wanted us to do the um, the Christmas thing every hour or whatever. So I'm like, okay, fine. So, you know, I use some and I pull out the car and I start and it, and it, it would 
it would not, it wouldn't work for me. It didn't work for me, but my buddy Tim's was working. So anyways, I literally the next day I get a software update and after I did the update, it said, Oh, it fixes the uh, Christmas mode. So I'm like, I could have used that yesterday. Anyways, that's another story for another day. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of interesting what's going on here, but I expect, um, I expect autopilot to get even better this year. Um, Elon did tweet that, um, there's a possibility, there's a possibility we may see some of the first self-driving, full self-driving features in uh, version nine. Now that is a possibility, so don't keep your hopes up on that one. So, yeah, what else have we got going on in here? What I'll say, yeah, go what ahead, is guys. Released for version nine? Um, my understanding from what Elon had said that version nine is going to have some changes to the UI that is specific to autopilot. Um, I don't expect to see, you know, a new skin or anything like, you know, from version 7 to version 8. You know, we got a completely new look. Um, I would suspect, and of course there's been a lot of noise about the, about the blind spot situation, right? Not having proper blind spot monitoring. And I think he's alluding to the fact, and, it, you know, of course this is pure speculation. I don't have inside information on this. Um, that they may decide to move the car display up a little further in the screen to make room on the bottom for potentially showing cars that are coming in from the rear. Uh, now that we've got this large uh, update um, just a few weeks ago that basically show us lots of cars around when autopilot um, is active, or before it would only show us one or two cars, now it's, I mean, I counted up to 12 or 13 at one point. So I think they're starting to get to the point now where they can actually start to turn on some of these extra features. Blind spot monitoring, I think, has been when it's been discussed like like crazy. I, I would like to see it. I mean, there's many times I'm in a parking lot and I go to back up and my wife is like, whoa, there's a car there. I don't get I don't get noticed and it drives me crazy. So I hope they implement mm. something like that. Um, have oh, you guys... Don't forget Mad Max mode. Mad well, Max that's mode. part of, yeah. yeah, it's a good point. I'm a little on the semi, but I think we're going to get it too. Well, like I said, you won't get that unless you get um, full self-driving. Uh, well, wait a second. No, the Mad Max one might be tied to just enhanced autopilot because we do have lane change, right? So if that's tied to the lane right. change, there's a possibility we may get that. Knowing Tesla, it'll, it'll probably leave the Mad Max thing in there. You never know, right? Unless they get sued. <laughs> We've but seen that before. Just to come back to your, uh, your point, Trev, um, but if I understood correctly, the first full self-driving features are going to be part of 9. Is that the release that triggers the first FSD features? While Elon tweeted, he said there's a possibility. I, I'll find the right tweet here. Um, he said that there is a possibility. Um, you guys keep talking. I, I'm, I'll find the tweet. <laughs> okay, well, let, let me tell you why I'm asking the question. It's totally and completely self-serving because huh? the car, I'm uh, I'm going down to San Francisco uh, first week of September, and the car, I'm, I'm renting a Model 3. So it'll be interesting to see whether that's my first Model 3 <laughs> or if I actually get mine before then, or if it actually shows up the week I'm in San Francisco. I've got money that it's going to be that. But uh, that car actually has FSD. Uh, of course, it's not active right now, but it would be so cool if I could experience some of the FSD features while I'm there. So, they, of course, that would have to be released sometime in the next five weeks or so for that to work. So I don't know if there's any possibility that's going to happen. Eric, maybe you have some insight on that? I really don't know. Uh, you know, when it comes to software releases uh, with Tesla, it can be anything, anytime. Um, you know, I, I think that they're secretive as um, Microsoft updates. I really couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the tweet, by the way. It says um, he was replying, responding to somebody um, earlier who had asked him about speaking of uh, merging an autopilot biggest issues. Notice when two lanes merge and the rush hour is um, and it's rush hour traffic, the autopilot is not able to detect or let the car slightly 
ahead on the neighboring lane go ahead and I invariably find myself cornered. Elon responded, that issue and better is better in latest autopilot software rolling out now and fully fixed in August update as part of our long-awaited Tesla version 9. To date, autopilot resources have rightly focused entirely on safety. With V9, we uh, we will begin to enable full self-driving features. Aha! So, right. There's hope. Yeah, so there's hope that that may come. Keep in mind, that is Elon time. I know. Right? So <laughs> We know this. You know, we all know this. Anyone listening, say, you know this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. definitely vouch for merging getting better, although the car is still not designed to merge. Uh, I mean, I, I use it every day in traffic, and at the end of my highway drive, there's a merge, and I kind of give it a test every day and see what happens. Mm -hmm. It gets really close um, to the point where I always turn it off at the last second and don't let anything happen. Um, but it's getting a lot better. So I, I think it's promising. Um, one thing you'll notice on the screen for those who don't have autopilot yet or who don't have the car yet, the screen will show you all of the other cars around you are grayed out. The car that you're following is like an active. So it's, it's a yeah. brighter color. Um, you're still locked onto the car that, that you were following all along even as a car starts to slide in front of you in that merging situation. So I suspect, and part of like what Trev said, with the screen upgrades going with it, it will probably have some kind of visual that handles it as well and shows the car moving in and, and in conjunction with the car handling it. Right now it's doing better, but it's still not showing it on the screen happening, I, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, there's times when I'm driving with, with trucks around me in autopilot mode, and it's just like sometimes I just got to turn it off because they're just freaking me out. They just get too close. The car is just, <laughs> yeah, there's no there's not a lot of margin in there sometimes, especially with the bigger trucks. I, I will use autopilot if I'm cl free and clear of other cars in the right-hand lane, nothing going on. I like it. Uh, it works well that way. But there are times when it freaks you out. So it's one of those things. You learn to learn its, uh, its limitations, when to use it, when not to use it. Um, lately I haven't been doing quite as much driving on the highway, so I haven't found myself using quite as much. And sometimes I forget and I'm like, oh yeah, autopilot. I'll get to use it next week. <laughs> oh, and, um, one other improvement to mention, if you look on the uh, Tesla website on the model three page, yes, I think they're giving us a sneak peek of the new navigation screen. Yeah. Keep talking. I'll find, the, I'll find this picture. But, um, moving the directions from the right to the left, a lot of people, myself included, don't have the best vision. So the far right's a little tougher to see directions moving to the left, kind of changing the layout of the, I don't shake your head, it's all right. The car drives itself most of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and moving the top row, also reorganizing some, some, some things, moving uh, time and temperature over to the left and some things that you don't need to stare at as much or see over to the right. So I think it's, it's just, it's, it's awesome to see the, the iterations, the feedback and, and the improvements. It's, it's almost exciting that it's an incomplete. It's always incomplete, and that's not a that's not a negative thing. That's an excellent thing. Yeah. That it's always getting better. What's great too is that we think the car is perfect. Like we think it's it's <laughs> wonderful. And then something else new comes down the pipeline. You're like, how did we not think of this before? How do we live for so many miles? I mean, I mean, there are some like we have our friend Raphael who lives here in South Florida. He's putting a lot of mileage in his car in a very short amount of time. And it's it's great to see owners like I've driven the car six thousand miles, and this new thing is what now? Oh my god! And it's just an it's that's the beauty of what Tesla is doing. That every single time there's even like the tiniest update, like when the iconography for our music input changed in the car, some people were like, how did we not have this before? This is like an epiphany of the greatest, you know, stature. <laughs> and it's like the every update is thing. Christmas. 
Right. Well, it, it's like yeah. it's kind of like when Apple releases or Android releases their their updates for their mobile devices. Like even if it's like it's just a little bit of an aesthetic tweet, a tweak rather. Here you go, tweet. Uh, when even when it's the tiniest little modification, for some people it's like I needed that. That makes life so much easier for me. And to Michael's point, even I've had the issue with the merging. Like, but it's remarkably better now than what it was before the last update, where the car was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I this is a weird thing. What happened in the lane? Why is it wide all of a sudden? So you know, it's great that with every release. No matter how minute it might be to some people, there's somebody out there going, I've needed this for the longest time. And a lot of it comes from feedback of other owners saying, hey, we think this is a great improvement. We often see Elon's tweets and responses to some other tweeter saying, hey, I think this would be a great improvement or here's your list of things I'd love to see. And Elon's like, we'll get working on it. That's the kind of thing you don't have many other car manufacturers doing, which is actually in live action in short amount of time, actually taking the feedback from other owners and saying, hey, we're we're going to work on that. We're going to make it so that you and others who've been clamoring for it can see it. Well, if they do, it'll be in the next product cycle, right? Mm -hmm. Next year's model or something you down in the future. <laughs> By the way, Michael, I found the screenshot. Here it is. They're on to us. Look, they changed it. Dun, 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 dun. They put it back. <laughs> That's my fault. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, I got breaking model uh, model three performance news here. Breaking news. Oh yeah, breaking. go ahead, go ahead. We have the little CNN thing at the bottom here. So, in an earlier um, tweet session today, uh, Elon and Ryan McCaffrey, our man, uh, oh, Ryan what's he saying from now? Ride Lightning, um, was going back and forth. Uh, one of the uh, there was, of course, the review that came out today on Model Three performance from Dan McNeil at Wall Street Journal. It was yes. a great article, not great very article. long, yeah. but um, a nice summary with some very interesting quotes that I'll try and pull up a little later. But uh, one of the outcomes of that was he wanted a little bit more tire, uh, as we know now. The Performance uh, Model 3 comes on 235, uh, 3520s all the way around. And uh, that was a bit of a disappointment for some of us who were expecting, fully expecting uh, it to come on a stagger setup like the Alpha car. It does not. It's just 235s all the way around. On a 4,000-pound car, I wouldn't call that small, but it's not exactly generous when you start comparing it against an M3 that's got 255s up front and 275s in the rear. In any case, Ryan goes uh, on in um, some I, of the I've comments. Got the I got the tweet right here. You got the tweet now, eh? Yeah, so, yeah definitely uh, he, we gave up some grip here. I'm going to pull it up. Exactly. Right so Ryan's asking, like, you know, what's the story with the tires? Can, you know, can we do more? There you go. Perfect. So we gave up some grip and went for exchange for range. I think that was obviously what happened. But look at this. Recommend stickier tires and wider on rear for best performance you might get 3.3 0 to 60 so here we go where were we just 20 minutes ago on the show wondering <laughs> hmm, how do you get there uh and i think i have some wider wheels in a building not too far from here that might just fit <laughs> you can be damn sure i'm going to be giving you some numbers very soon to see if this you works. gotta like it i mean i really hope that ryan gets to interview elon he seems to have a rapport with him which is wonderful i've talked to ryan about this and uh you know he has his hopes and stuff but he's like you know he's a realist then but uh, yeah, it'd be really cool to to finally get him on the show and stuff. I, I oh, like no to see kidding. that. I, I really like to see that. I, I'm so glad that Ryan seems to have developed a rapport with him. He really deserves mm -hmm. it. He's been so he's been so good for the community. You know, he's been keeping people up to date and stuff. And uh, good fan, mm -hmm. good friend. So yeah, it's it's really interesting to see these de <laughs> these developments. You know. 
Well, I'm I'm thrilled about that because we've been debating us in the forum for months. And I was when I when everyone was asking about it, I'm there like, no, in order to get these numbers, I really think they're gonna need the bigger rear tire. And everybody's like, no, 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 contact pass, blah blah blah, P one hundred D on two thirty four eighty five. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so. I think you can get a better number with a bigger rear tire. And there you go, from the man himself. You want the really hardcore number, you need the bigger rear tire. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do when you live in a shoe? All right. You well, call, you call up your local wheel and tire guy and say, "What do you got?" <laughs> I know. What a happened, guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. He's a FedEx driver, right? No, he's <laughs> <laughs> no, but he apparently likes Chrome deletes, and we have to have a a little talk. Uh, oh. Burn, burn, burn. Good thing, good thing is you live in a different like, province. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the Chrome delete takes off 0.1 second as well, though. So, well, we all know black cars go faster. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Badge delete drops 0.1. <laughs> right. uh, dropping the chrome, another 0.1. Uh, the wider rear wheels. I I think I can get this down to 3.0. Let's let's see. Yeah, we all know. Black <laughs> I mean, my car goes 4.9 because I have midnight silver metallic. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> uh, that's true too. The MSM factor. Maybe I'll get 2.9. Hmm. And we know black computers are faster, right? Black. Yeah, that I black. That's right. Black. Black goes faster. Anyways. Space okay. bar. Space bar. Yeah, exactly. That's an inside joke. We'll talk about that. All right, last one. This is the this is I think one of the headlines this week, of course. Sandy mm -hmm. Monroe. San Monroe at Monroe Monroe Associates uh, Associates. Sorry, tongue tied. Has to eat crow. He uh he finally has come around uh after his final teardown of the Model 3. And uh, he's uh, come away very, very impressed with the car. And the big news, of course, and finally confirming what Elon has been saying the whole time, uh, that his cost estimates on the car, of course, with uh, performance, or uh, first production, what they're making now, uh, in excess of 30% margins. So unless you're having like super high-end bespoke cars, nobody is getting 30% margins on this. And uh, it was a matter of fact that Elon even retweeted that. So... He's just saying, look, I've been telling you the whole time. Um, he, of course, uh, Sandy does not have access to a standard battery car yet. Uh, but he, uh, he, um, I think he said in the article, no, it was the other gentleman that's in the show, Autoline, of course, that they do. Uh, if you want to watch that, uh, he came back and asked them after the fact. And he said that uh, Sandy expects that car to get in excess of 10% margins. I think it'll be higher. But it's finally nice to see, um, you know, some confirmation that this car is pretty... I mean, <laughs> the margins, that's what matters at the end of the day. And this is precisely why Tesla is building these cars first before everything else. I know there's a lot of people are waiting for the standard battery, but they need the money. And this is not unusual for Tesla. I remember very, very distinctly during the Model X days, when they announced the Model X, the pricing that came out was for the signature edition, fully loaded, and the media had a field day. They said the Model X is going to cost you $150,000. No. That's for the fully loaded one. The cheaper ones are coming later. And we're just seeing the same thing all over again with the Model 3. It's like, all oh, the Model 3 is going to cost you, uh, you know, $80,000, you know, when the, when the performance car comes out. No, it's not. So it's just nice to finally see some confirmation here that, uh, you know, Tesla is not exactly uh, lying. The shorts have been saying Elon's lying about margins and so on and so forth. So anything to change the narrative. Anyways, uh, thoughts on this, guys? <clears throat> Get in here. This is crazy. Yeah, well, you know, with a 30% profit margin, average price of $55,000, and if they sell 60,000 of these in the fourth fourth quarter, third quarter, it, that'd be a billion dollars in profit a quarter. Um, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I would say, 
I'm, uh, I don't feel bad that I got a free trunk garnish instead of paying 32 bucks with that margin. <laughs> but, uh, this is, <laughs> these, uh, these are great things. And uh, I'm just going to go for the, the long-term sustainability of the company. I think this ties in nicely with the Model 3 being the last bet the farm car that Tesla will ever rightly sell should be. or product that they'll ever sell. Yeah. And uh, with the profits kicking in, they... They bet right, and uh, now they're positioned well to start to branch into the standard trim, the pickup, the Model Y. They're really in good shape to uh, move forward. And I, I, this is just great. Yeah, they've they've said all of, all the time that Model Three was key to profitability, which is why they've been focused so much on it. And of course, you know we've had some delays, of course, and some issues with the production. These are things that in in a year's time we'll forget all about once the money the money really starts rolling in. And I'm hoping that. You know, they can use some of that money for some other things and stuff. Um, of course, uh, hopefully they won't have to do any more capital raises. Uh, to, Elon has said very carefully that he doesn't want to do a capital raise, but who knows? I'm not a financial guy. Uh, but if they can really make some decent margins on this car, it just means it's going to put them on some, file, uh, some solid fi financial ground um, so that they can move on. Um, who knows what the shorts will come up with after the fact because, you know, once they get profitable, then they'll have nothing to complain about. Uh, maybe They're too profitable. That's got to be a bad Well, yeah, that's the other thing. I think I, I facetiously sent out a tweet uh, to somebody, and I forget who the gentleman's name was, um, but I said, they're always going to find something to complain about. And eventually when Tesla gets profitable, they'll say, well, Tesla makes too much money. Maybe they're not giving any back to, to uh, as dividends. So, so who knows? Anyways, it's an ever-changing narrative. You know, we'll never hear the end of it. Uh, I, I do want I do want to kind of add that I think the the grand ambition that Tesla set out to do so many years ago uh, to not just revolutionize the auto industry but to really sort of expedite I, I can't see English is hard <laughs> to expedite and to really rush our progress towards sustainability um, is something that cannot be underexpressed. I think, you know, we, we sort of get tied into the timelines a lot, especially when, you know, Elon tweets or the company says, you know, we'd like to deliver, you know, this product by this time. Things happen. You know, I mean, Tesla is still a very young company in terms of auto manufacturing. They're doing things now that some companies have taken decades to do. And, you know, they're one of the first companies to do X, Y, and Z. And so when we look at what the cars are doing now, when we see what the technology is behind the electric vehicle, when we see how, how many cars are on the road, we talked about the number of autopilot miles. I mean, what that does for AI and for research for computers. I mean, there's so many things that Tesla's doing at one given time that... Forgive me. I think it's okay if they're a few months behind delivering a certain product. I mean, I, I think it's great because they're making sure they're doing it right. They're, they've learned from what happened with Model S when they put it in Model X. They learned from that when they put out the three. They're going to learn from that when it comes to the Y and the semi and the truck and everything else that comes down the pipeline. Uh, you know, they're doing things in a way that you just can't see any other company today doing in a very condensed amount of time. And the company has been doing it for less than 10 years. I mean, it's just astounding what's happening in this company. And for all the naysayers and, and the no gooders out there, go ahead. You know, at some, you can keep saying what you're going to say. People like me are out there believing in the product. We're, we're owners. Um, you know, we're, we're proud to represent the company. We're proud to talk about it. You know, we want the world to be electrified, whether it's with Tesla or any other electric car. We, we know that Tesla is doing something that no one else has done and they're doing it in a way that, you know, it's going to be criticized by many, but they're proving time and again, they're going to persevere, which is just outstanding.
Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, you're going to kick a guy when he's down, but they're trying to do good. And, uh, you know, eventually they'll prevail. No, Tesla may not be always on time, but they do deliver. So, anyways, on that note, let's finish up the show. Uh, so, you guys out there, I want, Eric, why don't you tell uh, everybody here where they can find you on the internet if they want to have a little chit-chat with you and follow you on Twitter and all that fun stuff? All that fun stuff. So, for those of you guys who want to follow me, uh, my handle is ECFIX on Twitter. That is E-C-F-I-X. And thank you, as always, to our fine sponsors and to our Patreon supporters. Great. Thank you very much. Michael, where can people find you on the internet if they want to check out your YouTube channel and stuff? All right. Thank you, Trev. Um, you guys can find me. I've got everything with the same name now. So YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I am at Teslatunity. And um, really having fun making videos. Thank you so much to Trev for uh, the guidance and the help and and kind of pushing me along and really just to enjoy making the uh, I love your your videos, Mike. Keep them up. I watch them all the time. You got some good stuff. I might even steal some ideas, so (laughs) don't be upset. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Please do. (laughs) And last but not least, our good friend from Montreal, Ian, where can people find you and tell us all about your t-shirts too? Uh, Okay. Well, we'll start with Twitter. You can find me at Ian Pavelko, P-A-V-E-L-K-O, on Twitter. Um, The uh, handle is Matt Hungarian. And you can find me on the Model 3 Owners Club forum uh, under Mad Hungarian as well. Uh, Any questions you have about wheels and tires, I am Technical Service Director at FASCO. So anything you want to know about wheels and tires, I can hopefully help you with. And then lastly, I've got uh, my uh, Evolve t-shirt project is still going strong. We're almost at 500 shirts soul wow. i want to give a big awesome. big big shout out to everybody uh, including you guys who've, who've supported the cause uh yeah we're gonna bust 500 shirts soon so we're we're up like you know past three thousand dollars raised for wow. like, mobility canada uh plug in america and um uh, lavec here in quebec so if you go to a teespring.com there's a big uh, online um, t-shirt vendor teespring.com and just look up mad hungarian evolve or evolve wear you will find my range of tesla shirts uh, we also now have the line of uh, tank tops in the ladies so if um, you're looking for that sort of a garment we have it gotta keep it good for the ladies well we'll yeah, put a link I- in the, we'll put a link in the uh, in the uh, show description so if you want to check out his website you can definitely do that i love his shirt i wear it <laughs> at car shows gets a lot of good laughs Anyhow, that's it for this show. And as usual, you can follow me on Twitter. The handle's at Model3Owners. And uh, if you're into the Model 3 and you want to find out all the good stuff, you can check out our forum at Model3OwnersClub.com. And lastly, I want to say a big thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. You guys make this everything possible. If you'd like the show and you like it to continue, please consider contributing. You can find that at Patreon.com forward slash Model3OwnersClub. That's it for this week, and we'll catch you next time, next week, same time. See you guys. Thanks for watching. Thank you.